Thank you, Anna. Well, welcome everybody to Do Good. As Anna said, it is this um, movement where we're unleashing generosity through giving, serving, and loving our community. Now, um, if you're new to Grace, um, you need to know that we actually don't take up an offering here during the service. In fact, we, we never have. And uh, some of you think that that's one of the coolest things about this church, that we don't take an offering. There's others of you, you're like, you're running the numbers. You're like, do you have any idea like how much money you're leaving on the table by not passing a plate during the service? So if that's you, if that's always bugged you, um, today is your day, all right? Today is your day. Um, this is about the closest we're gonna get to an offering at the end of the service. Now, if you're like, wait, wait, what's happening? What, what, what's going on? Uh, let me just say this. This series that we're starting today, Do Good, is my favorite series of the entire year. Because think about it. Doing good, giving, serving, loving our community, this is what the church is supposed to be all about, isn't it? Can I get an amen? Yes. The church is never supposed to be known for what it's against. It's supposed to be known for what it's for, right? And this is about what we can be for. So um, we will be at the end of the service today taking up an offering or about the closest thing to it. We're not going to pass any plates. Um, and that offering is not going to be a collection for Grace Community Church. It is, we're basically collecting money. We're going to be joining together as a, as a community to fund some of the most amazing organizations in our community to do good. Now, um, in case you're wondering, where, where do these words do good come from? Well, uh, they come from the Apostle Paul, who writes in 1 Timothy 6.18, these words. He says, command them, that's you and me, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Now, why is Paul saying those words? Why is he telling us to do good? Well, um, we, we go back a few verses and we see that Paul is deeply concerned about something. So let me give you a little bit of context. So we go back to verse 9 of chapter 6. And this is what Paul says. This is his concern. He says, those who want to get rich. Now, let's be honest. Who doesn't want to get rich, right? I want to get rich. Does anybody not want to get rich? Okay, so we're kind of all in the same boat here. Those who want to get rich, he says, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Man, those are some tough words from Paul there. He's like, this is not good. And then in verse 10, he really gets at his concern. He says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now notice, Paul does not say that money is the root of all kinds of evil, does he? He says, it's the love of of money. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. That's Paul's concern. He says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So why Paul is writing these words is because he's concerned that a number of followers of Jesus, people in the church, are, are caught up in this love of money. And they're so caught up in it that their lives are literally being ruined. Now, I would say, uh, thankfully, that, um, that today, 
in this community, in our church, um, our lives aren't literally being ruined by the love of money. But let's be honest, life can get pretty stressful when your money is controlling you instead of you controlling your money. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and this is how you know when your money controls you. Let me, give you, let me give you three ways you can identify this. The first is this. You know your money's controlling you when you don't know where your money goes. You don't know where your money goes. I mean, you kind of sort of know where your money goes, but then you get to the end of the month and you're looking at that statement and you're like, oh my gosh, where did it all go? You're like a rock star with a bad habit. You know what I'm saying? You're spending money like crazy. Okay. Um, so that's, that's number one. You don't, you don't really know where your money goes. Um, that's, that's how you know that maybe money is controlling you. Second way is that money often affects your mood or your decisions. So like when money's coming in, you got lots of money, man, you are so happy. And then man, when you don't, man, you're like a Washington Commanders fan on a Sunday afternoon. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it is not that, that laugh from the Cowboys fan was a little too much. Okay. That's a little too much. Okay. Trying to be like Jesus in here. Okay. Um, so either it affects your mood or it's like the primary driver in the decisions that you make. It's the first thing that you're thinking about is how much does this cost? What is this? How is this going to affect me financially? Okay. So watch out for that. The last way that you know, if money is controlling you is you spend money to feel better. Does anybody know what this is called? Retail therapy, baby. There's Macy's right next door. All right. All right. So you spend money to feel better or when you spend money, you feel worse. There's a flip side to this. Okay. When you spend money, you actually feel worse. And let me tell you that that is a key indicator that your money is actually controlling you and you're not controlling your money. Now, um, if what I've said has just you know, triggered you a little bit, first of all, I'm, I'm very sorry, but, but the good news is that there's a resource for you. There's a, an incredible resource. Uh, it's called Financial Peace University. You may have heard about this. If you've been coming to Grace for a while, you've, you've uh, heard that we offer this course at Grace. We're offering it again in January, okay? It is a nine-week course. It's done in small groups. And, um, and this course is specifically designed to help you take control of your money and find peace with your finances. So uh, right now, there's some of you, and uh, you know that maybe this is the reason why you're here today. Right now is because this is your issue. And so don't feel bad about it, but do something about it, all right? So you can go to trygrace.org slash groups. You can get signed up for Financial Peace this January. And you may be just hating the fact that you came to church today. Okay. You're like, why did I come to church today? This is exactly what I need to do. And I don't want to do that thing. Okay. But I'm telling you, your future self will thank you so much. There is nothing like having financial peace. Okay. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, so we got a little context now on what's happening in first uh, Timothy chapter six. Okay. Paul is very concerned that money is controlling things. And, and that's not good, okay? Paul's concerned that money is robbing followers of Jesus of the life that God has intended for them, has intended for you and me. And, and so Paul, in this chapter, he gives three incredible pieces of wisdom 
Okay, we find them in three different scripture verses, verse six, verse 11, and verse 17. I'm gonna walk you through all three of them. So if, if, if money, if this is your thing, if this is your issue, okay, it's got a little too tight of a grip on you, there's, there's some things that you can do. There's some verses that, that you should commit to memorizing and, uh, and, and really try and take hold of these verses, okay? The first one is verse six. Paul says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Paul says, look, money's got a grip on you. Be content with what you have. Such an important thing to remember. Then in verse 11, he says, now he's talking directly to Timothy. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all this. Okay, stop pursuing this money thing and what? Pursue righteousness, okay? Turn your attention away from this thing that's stealing your joy and, and turn your attention to following God and pursuing righteousness. And then finally, in verse 17, one more incredible verse here to, to break free from money's grip. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So these, these three verses, they're, they're such amazing little pearls of wisdom that we find. Be content, pursue righteousness and put your hope in God. Okay, now if you wanna break free from, from this control that money has on you, committing these verses to memory, really meditating on the truth of them, trying to apply them in your life, this is super, super important. But I think that when God inspired the apostle Paul to write these words that we've, we have today in the scriptures, I think that God knew that there was something else in addition to these three that we would need. Specifically, something we would need to do. Some action that we needed to take. And so this is where we come back to verse 18, which really is the centerpiece for this series, where Paul says, do good, be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. There is a specific action that we are to take because here's the thing that God knows about you and he knows about me. He knows that the best way to loosen money's grip is to give it away. Now, this is a terrifying and liberating truth all at the same time. That the best way to loosen money's grip is to give it away. But I have to tell you, this has been so true in my life. So um, ever since I can remember when I was a tiny little kid, like the first time I ever got money. You remember the first time you got money? Uh, I remember getting like a dollar in my hand. And I just, I was like, oh, it just was like so powerful to me. I've always had this thing with money. 
And, um, and I've always wanted to collect it and, and, and just think about how I could get more of it. I mean, it's, I'm just being honest, okay? And, and so that's always been a thing for me. And, and uh, remember when I, when I uh, started my first job, and I was making tons of money and, and it was amazing, right? And uh, I've always been into the stock market and all that stuff and just, you know, money. It, it's a powerful thing. It makes the world go around. At least I, I thought it did. Actually, God does, but, but I didn't realize that at the time. Um, and, then, um, and then in my 20s, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. I became a Christian, and, um, and I, I came across this, this wild principle, you guys, this principle of tithing, of giving 10% of your income back to God. And man, I, I remember hearing about this principle and I'm a numbers guy, like I'm a math guy, okay? And I, I ran the numbers on that one real quick and I was like, oh, I mean, that's crazy. That's totally crazy. And the other thing that was crazy was this idea that, that God can do more with 90% of my income than I can do with 100. So, so for me, and again, I'm just being totally real with you guys, um, that was probably one of like the greatest faith challenges I've ever, I've ever had in my life. In fact, I would say that probably just being real, given sort of my background with money, my history with it, um, that I think it was probably the greatest act of faith that I've ever taken in my life. Like even more than leaving the business world and going into full-time ministry, like that wasn't as terrifying <laughs> as, as actually like, Saying, you know what? I'm going to tithe. I'm going to do this thing, and uh, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Um, and and what I what I realized was was yes, it's a terrifying truth. Okay, you want to loosen money's grip, you give it away. But you know what else? So liberating, so incredibly liberating. I'm telling you, there is freedom on the other side. So truly, if you want to loosen money's grip. You got to give it away. You got to give it away. Not all of it, okay? Not all of it, but you got to work on that. Now, um, in addition to, to that principle, there's something deeper that's going on here that, that I believe that God wants us to learn from this passage. Because you see, deep down, you and I both know that there's way more to life than just money, right? There's way more to life than just accumulating possessions, you know? See, this world might tell us that life is all about what you get. But God tells us that life is actually all about what you give. That's what, that's what life truly is about. It's about what you give. And I want you to think about Jesus for a second. Okay, think about Jesus when he walked this earth. Think about his ministry. Okay, now as you're thinking about Jesus, think about this. What did Jesus get in this life? Like, what did he acquire? What did he accumulate? Nothing, right? But think about this. What did Jesus give? What did he give when he walked this earth? He gave everything, right? Everything. That was his entire life, his whole legacy. It's why he's so loved, even by people who don't believe he was the son of God. We all love him and admire him because of what he gave. I mean, Jesus 
gave his very life. If you've heard this word in church before called the gospel, which means the good news, let me just share with you that the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus came to this earth because he loves you so much. He loves me so much that he was willing to lay down his very life as the ultimate expression of his love. So that if we just say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me, if we just place our faith in him, we're forgiven for everything we've ever done and we're made righteous in the eyes of God. That's the good news. That's the gospel. It's a love we could never earn. We could never deserve. It's freely given to us. And so Jesus is the ultimate giver. Now, when I struggle in my life, when I have those times, those seasons, maybe, maybe you're having one right now. Maybe you're having a season where you're just like, man, I don't know, man, I'm kind of going through a funk. I just can't really figure out like my purpose. You know, you're, you're just in a bit of a malaise at the moment. Um, when, when that happens to me and when I struggle, you know what, you know what that is? A lot of times, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times it's because I've lost sight of ultimately why I'm here. I've lost sight of why I'm on this earth. And as a follower of Jesus, the reason that you are here, okay, it's not to get, it's not to build, it's not to accomplish, it's not to accumulate. It's not, though the world may try and tell you that it is. You are here to give because that's why Jesus came. And that's what he calls us all to as his followers. And when you give, When you give, the apostle Paul says in the very next verse, this is what happens. He says, you will lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age. And check out these next few words so that you may what? Take hold of the life that is truly life. I love those words so that you may take hold of the life That is truly life. There's something in you that resonates with those words, isn't there? Because God made you to take hold of the life that's truly life. And we don't ever take hold of that life by getting stuff. We take hold of that life by what we give. And that's really the heart, the spirit behind do good. So, Are you ready to hear how we can all come together to do good, to unleash some generosity in our community? You guys ready? Yes. All right, let's talk about it. So um, at Grace, we support a ton of amazing organizations. Uh, There are organizations in our community and across the world that we have spent a lot of time vetting, getting to know, building relationships with. Uh, making sure that these are top-notch organizations doing great work in our community. And we support these organizations ongoing. We have been for years. Uh, We support them financially and with volunteers. Um, But this time of year is a time where we, as as Anna mentioned a few minutes ago, that we say, you know what, we want to do something above and beyond for all of these amazing partner organizations. We want to encourage them. And, uh, And so we ask this question, What would make a difference for you and what would help you to make a difference? 
okay? And, uh, and man, our partner organizations, they come back with all sorts of ideas. They come back with projects addressing poverty, homelessness, education, food insecurity, sex trafficking, and foster care, just to name a few different things. And I want to share with you three uh, partner projects that we are um, that we're particularly excited about that we want to highlight uh, today, just to give you a little bit of a feel, a little bit of a flavor for the kinds of things. So the first the first one is a project with Casa Chiralagua. You saw the video with uh, with Emilio, right? So so Casa serving children and families in our community. Um, man, they they made some amazing strides in year one with with this database and some of their IT stuff. But really, uh, there's there's a there's a 2.0 to that whole thing. And uh, it doesn't sound very glamorous, okay? We're talking about capacity building. We're talking about infrastructure. We're talking about becoming more efficient as an organization, okay? These aren't typically the kind of words that donors want to hear, are they? Donors want to hear things like scholarships, right? Direct to the kids and to the families in this program. We're talking about like infrastructure, okay? But let me tell you, for those of you who have been involved with some nonprofits, how important is infrastructure? Okay, that's key to making an organization thrive. And so that's exactly the kind of thing. Hey, your regular donors don't want to fund this. We do. We do. So we're jumping all over that one with Casa Chiralagua. Um, another one, Project Belong. Uh, Project Belong helps foster children to find families. Okay. And, uh, and they do great work with, uh, with local churches. Uh, one of the initiatives that they want to do, um, they want to hire a part-time staff member specifically to work with churches in our area, in Arlington and Alexandria, so that every child in foster care in our community will get connected with a family. And we think that's awesome. We want to do that, okay? Uh, let me give you one more. Um, yeah, you clap. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. Let's go. All right. Um, path forward. Path forward. Um, they help people who are struggling with homelessness right here in our community. And uh, they want to do something pretty innovative. Uh, they want to um, create a mobile medical program. Now, this mobile medical program will bring medical care to the streets to those who are struggling with homelessness. Um, and, and while this is really cool, because a lot of people who are in that situation, they, they're just, they're not willing to, to leave the streets to, to get the help that they need. And there's a variety of reasons for that. But, um, but so one is obviously we're going to be able to help a lot of people, right? But the other thing is, and there's a longer term vision here, uh, the, the, the level of trust that starts to get built. Okay, those relationships that start getting built between Path Forward and those who are on the streets, uh, the hope is that eventually they would get to a point where they'd be able to to help people to be able to get into uh, permanent housing and be able to become self-sufficient. So we think, man, that that sounds amazing. We want to get behind that. This is the, the good that we want to do. So um, I could keep going on that, but we don't have time for, uh, for me to tell you about all the different projects. But let me just say this. This is really, really exciting stuff that we get to do. And, and why I'm excited about it, beyond just that it's really cool projects, is this is what the church is supposed to be about, right? I mean, we're supposed to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. He's not walking around here anymore, okay? We are. We got to do something. So 
Um, if this is your first time in church, this, this is not the usual, okay? So I'm just letting you know. Um, just, just hold on to your seat for a minute, all right? Because I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit bold now, all right? Here, here's, what, here's what we're asking. We're asking 100% of you, 100% of you to give. And what we promise in return is we're giving 100% of everything away for the entire week, not just today, but the entire week. Every single dollar that comes into Grace Community Church through those offering boxes in the back, through everything going on online, 100% of it is going out to support amazing organizations in our community. If you're watching online, uh, I just want to encourage you, we're talking to you too, 100% of you to give. Now, um, for those of you math people in the room, okay, I did a little math and here we go. Um, so if, if all of us were to give $40, okay? If everybody gives $40, I understand not everybody can do $40, but just bear with me. If everybody gave $40, including those who are online, we would be able to raise in one day $50,000 for our nonprofit partners. And so um, we don't actually have a numeric goal. This is, I'm, just, I'm just doing some quick math here, but um, um, we've lined up $50,000 worth of projects because, um, because we feel really good that, that that's going to happen. But, um, but I will tell you that last year um, when, we, when we did this, uh, there were so many of you who went way above and beyond, like you were adding zeros to that 40, okay, um, that, that we realized you know, we got to line up a whole bunch more projects. So we've actually lined up another 100000 worth worth of projects um, that, that we'd be ready to fund, okay? Um, so, so I guess this is, this is the time where um, as cool as those verses were that, that Paul shares, you know, be content, pursue righteousness, put your hope in God, as cool as those are, we gotta keep those in mind. We gotta meditate on those. Paul says, you know what though? Let's take action. Let's do something because he knows we need to. He knows that, that that's how we remember. That's how, that's how we learn. That's how we grow is we actually take steps. We, we act, we do something. Okay, so this, this is it. This is the moment. In fact, music team, I know you guys are back there. Just, just come on out. Okay, if, if it bugs you that we don't take a formal offering and we don't pass offering plates, we're not passing offering plates, okay? So we're, it's not gonna happen. But this is about the closest thing to an offering you're gonna experience at Grace, so just drink it up, all right? Just enjoy yourself. This is gonna be our offering song that the music team is gonna play, all right? And as they play this offering song, um, here's what, here's what we're going to do. I want to, I want to challenge you, every single person, every single person to do this. I'm going to do this too. I'll be doing this right on stage. Every single service is my pledge. I'm going to do this. Okay. So take this card out. Okay. It's, it's in the seat pocket right in front of you. Humor me. Just take it out. Just everybody humor me. It's, it's all right. All right. Just humor me. Just take the card. Um, there's a little QR code there, or, um, you can see the, the link cause that this will take you, the QR will take you to that link. Okay. It's our special do good page for the three weeks of this series. And, um, and there's a give now button on that page. And, um, it will take you right to a place where in about 60 seconds or so you can give super, super easily. Um, and, and we can do something really, really cool. So, um, so that's what this is going to be. The team's going to play. Uh, just give you a minute to, uh, to be able to, to be led as, as God leads you right now in this moment. And then uh, I will be back in just a second to, uh, to close out 